Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sanyin podcast. Today we're joined by an amazing guest, Mr. Darren Harry Bainer. He's the founder of the Young Eye Initiative. He's all the way based in Canada, but he's from Uganda. Mr. Darren, you're welcome to our podcast. Um, thank you, JP, for having me today. It is an honor to be here, and I am grateful um, to be speaking on the Sangin podcast to your audience and sharing a bit of um, the things that I have done with the support of the people around. So thank you. Okay. Um, Mr. Harry Bene, for someone who does not know you, <laughs> how do you introduce yourself? Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing to, to say. And obviously, um, the name is Darren Harry Bainey. Um, I like to introduce myself as, you know, in a sort of a hierarchical way. And that hierarchical way is in the way that I view my life. So, you know, family first. And um, from that perspective, I'd like to say that I am the firstborn child of um, Tom and Chris Bainey. I am the firstborn, yes. Uh, we are a family of uh, four children. I'm proud to be the older brother of um, my three other siblings. But um, aside from the family aspect and outlook of things, I often tell people that I am an inspired work in progress. <clears throat> and that's um, a phrase that I coined last year when I was reading a book that um, basically explains that in life, there's still a lot that I believe I have to achieve. And um, in order for me to achieve the work that I intend to achieve or the things that I intend to achieve, there's inspiration that I draw from working with different people. And um, there'll be lots of the um, change that will happen. And because of that, um, there's nothing that is set in stone and it is not um, definitive who I am now. That is why I turn myself you know, in that way. And I believe that by turning myself in that way, I give myself, um, I allow myself to have perspective on the things that I do and the way I look at the things that I do. So in a nutshell, you know, looking at me from a family perspective, but also looking at me from this perspective of being, you know, in school, being um, at the University of Waterloo, starting the Young Guy Foundation and initiative with a few friends. Um, all that brings together the phrase on the inspired work people. I hope I've given you a bit of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of who I am and how I'd like to introduce. Okay, um, so you spoke you've spoken about the Young Eye Initiative. So, um, give us an insight of the Young Eye Initiative and uh, why you started it. Um, the Young Eye Initiative for me is um. It's it's a story, you know, and it is not just a story for me, but a story that is intended to create a platform for my peers, you know, to want to learn, who want to have a sort of edutainment focus towards being inspired by the different guests that we have from the different calibers and the different industries. The reason I like to call it an initiative is because in as much as it is starting out as a YouTube show, there is the potential for it to grow and become something more than um, what it is now. 
and this initiative is taken from me, my friend Matthew, and our man who were three founding fathers of this in um, the year 2020, which leads me into answering the question why we started it. Um, in the year 2020, we graduated from high school, um, the three of us um, from the Khan International School. Um, and obviously we're looking for, you know, how to spend our free time. Some of us were looking for um, internship before we, you know, made the transition into university. But I, I saw an opportunity um, where we could present ourselves as young, you know, individuals in Uganda with, with um, a way in which we could bring and engage our fellow peers and so I reached out to my two friends at the time, Matthew and Arman, and um, sat down with them and told them that, you know, this is something that um, we can do, you know, not because we're not doing anything at the moment, but because if you look at the state of how entrepreneurial you know, young people are in Uganda, how um, thoughtful we are in regards to how we believe or how we want to see things in the future, I thought I saw this as creating a platform for this to happen. And that's how um, it started out in 2020. Um, it has not been easy, obviously, because as young people, there's so much that goes into um, starting something of that caliber with close to no experience. Um, so the why is, um, yeah, we really wanted to see how we could use our position and where we were at the time to really make the most of our time, you know, I'm just graduating high school and creating a platform that can really be used by peers to not only learn, but be inspired by people's stories and use that to help them propel themselves in their careers and become like the vision is to become ambassadors of um, success in their different careers. And so I'd want to ask, um... So it was a platform that you made with your friends to um, get an outlook about life, entrepreneurship from various guests that you'd have on your on your show. Um, do you think right now you're close to achieving your goal that you have inspired a few youths in Uganda through your work on the young eye? Um, I think that um, considering where we are, where we were, sorry, in 2020 and where we are now, I think I can say that we have inspired a few people. And it's actually been an indirect um, inspiration. You know, We have found that more people look at us young people being able to start something and being consistent, you know, with it as inspiration for them to also start their own things and remain consistent um, um, with their own different initiatives. And I think on top of that, then adding the stories and the advice and, you know, the different, <clears throat> from the different guests that we have brought on the show, I think it creates a holistic pool of inspiration that people can get and uh, can get from one being Looking at their peers, me, my friends, the hosts, Ashley, Angel, you know, coming and creating a platform like this, that is inspiration in itself for our peers to look and say, okay, these guys have been able to sit down, work together, and come up with something 
of this value, why can't we do it as well? Then on top of that, we're bringing people who have created their own value through years in their respective industries, those stories, that advice that, them, that they give onto the show is also inspiration to um, our viewers and our audience. So that is essentially what I believe we have done. Um, okay, great. Um, because, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about um, people who are trying to tell out stories, especially stories that are inspiring. More or less, it's what we're doing here on this podcast. Um, so you as the Young Eye um, Initiative, do you, do you see yourself like expanding um, to other parts of the world and engaging other youth to join in on your platform? Um, that's, uh, <laughs> that is, that is something that, um, is possible, but I don't think it's something that we are going to venture into right now because, um, you know, in as much as we have these, you know, spectacular ideas and, you know, we still have the energy, the zeal to be able to achieve or to do these different things. I like that or I like to believe that there is a systematic approach that we need to have in order to achieve these things because we have a vision already for what we want to do in Uganda and with the platform that we're creating in Uganda. And in order for us to branch into engaging at a more expansive level with the international community, I feel it's best that we make the most out of what we have started in Uganda, create the brand, develop the brand, have it create value for its audience and its um, partners or sponsors, then once we believe that it has reached that stage, you know, and we will not know until we feel um, that we are there, that we are able now to engage the international community at a deeper level. And when I say at a deeper level, I mean that in a more, you know, intimate and direct way where, you know, we could have the young guy in Canada, who knows? So <laughs> it is something that, um, that can happen, but the only way it can happen is if we take deliberate steps now and we remain consistent with what we're doing now, we execute it in the way that we want before we um, look beyond what we can, we can do. There's a phrase for it, I believe it's called um, biting more than you can swallow. Um, we do not want, or chewing more than you can swallow. We do not want um, <laughs> to be in that uh, that position. Okay. Um, another aspect of your career, which uh, I've, I've got to follow, is is your foundation, um, the work you do at your foundation. Um, there was a time you were in national print media about it. <laughs> um, so tell me about your foundation and the work you do. Um, the foundation. Um, let me give you a bit of a background so that you know, because people might have seen it as something that oh, just sprouted out of nothing. Um, the the genesis of the foundation started as a project. Where um in high school when we're doing the IBDP program, it was a requirement for every student to do a self-initiated project under the strands of either creativity, activity, or service. And 
when I saw um I saw that I decided to reach out to um to reach out to one of my relatives who guided me to a school in Bombo um, that um, I went and did a situational analysis about in the year um, 2019 to be able to understand whether this is something that I'm really interested in doing. And I think that's, you know, still on that, I think advice for people, you know, interested in starting things and doing things is you need to be able to first analyze, you know, see whether you're capable of doing something before jumping into something. And that's what I did in um, 2019. I went and looked at the school, did a situation analysis, understood what my capacity as Darren, the 17-year-old, could really do at that point in my life. And I found that it was something that was possible. So gathering a few potential sponsors, partners, um, donors, helped bring the, um, the project to life. And the project was essentially getting resources that the school needed to run um, effectively and um, sustainably for the entire year. And uh, once I was able to do that, the plan initially was to do it and stop and say, I've done my project, thank you very much. But there is a feeling, and I, and I, I don't know, people have had this, but there's a feeling you get when you give, you know, not in a, not in an ulterior way, but when you give in a wholehearted way, there's a feeling that you get. And that feeling, it's um, inexplicable, but that feeling makes you want to come back and want to be able to do more on a level that is bigger than what I did in 27, 2019. Not that it wasn't big, but I think that there was more that I could have achieved. And so in the year 2020, um, COVID hit, so I was not able to do anything, but that is the year I sat down with um, um, the current vice president, Rachel Gucci, um, and we thought of ways of how we can use the resources that we have, the network that we have to be able to help um, the youth. And I think you can see that there's a strand in all the work that I do, that even in the young guy, there is a strand of the youth. And even in the foundation work, there's still a strand of the youth. But the young I work came as a result of the foundation work because the young I work being a for-profit was meant to help run the work that the foundation was doing. And so like at back to 2020, we, we came up with a sort of a strategy on how we wanted to um, to go about doing foundation work. And we developed the Everon Foundation together and it has been able to partake in not only working with schools on early childhood development and doing donation drives for resources that the school needs, but also going into a very um, sensitive aspect of society, which is juvenile centers that is used in youth detained in jail, essentially, and seeing how we can help the homes in Uganda to also run effectively in the way that they did. So we also started donations for them. And we noted that as we were doing the work that we were doing, we were getting lots of support from different organizations, from different people. And so the foundation was working out of the love that we had to help people. But we noted that because of the support that we were getting, 
it was time we looked critically into considering how we can make this something that is official and in a way that does work in a very um, orderly manner. And that is why I'm now, as we speak, um, the foundation is going through some changes and those changes are essentially to make sure that the foundation continues to do the work that it does with support from our um, potential donors and partners in the way that um, that it um, that it's intended to do. I hope I have given you a good uh, <laughs> genesis of how it came to be, why it's still going, how it came from a project to a foundation, why it's still going, and how the young guys essentially meant to feed into the foundation and keep it running. So, yeah, and um, I hope that um, it can go into something that is really impactful and bigger than me to a point where it can run itself sustainably. Okay. Um, last year, I think early last year, you were in, uh, you were selected among um, the top influential Ugandans under 40, if I'm to remember. And yeah, the top I want to ask, has that been the highlight of your career so far? Yours, Darren. Or what would you say oh. has been the highlight of your career so far? The high, I, to be honest, I don't think I have a career yet. What I think I have is a trajectory of things that I am doing <laughs> that are impacting the lives of different people. So I don't, I don't think it's a career yet. So maybe um, it's what have I, what has been the highlight so far in all the things that I have, that I've done. And mm. the top 40 under 40 thing, I was grateful for it. It came as a surprise to me because I remember um, one of the individuals was telling me that after it came out that I was, I think, the youngest to have ever been selected for the top 40 under 40 in, uh, in Uganda. So it was a very humbling experience. Um, it helped propel so many of the things that I did um, and that I still do to this day. But I think for me, the highlights of all the things that I've been able to do is being able to go to the United Kingdom in 2018 and um, doing trials for Barnet Football Club in the UK, London. I think um, for me, being able to go, because my dream has always been to play football. I'll be very honest with you. I uh, do not see myself in uh, all the different things that are happening in my life now, but that's how life is. So for me, in the list of things so far, because I'm only 20, in the list of things so far that I've been able to achieve, achieve was that one for me. And um, I'll forever be grateful for uh, my family to um, help me get to that position. Okay. Um, so... As as someone who has an initiative, the young eye and and is doing something great affecting the youth, what would be your message to the youth in Africa and in the diaspora? That's a good one. That's a good question. And there's so many things that um say, but the two things that I want to say is one is consistency is key. You know, um we have so many ideas so many beautiful things that we can change the world and i believe the only way 
of getting to that level is to have consistency in the things that you do. <clears throat> and this does not mean get do 100% every day, you know. It's the process of at least getting 1% progress, you know, at each and every single day. I think that that is that is something that can change your life because if you put consistency, you know, in the things that you do and stay focused, that is, I think, one of the greatest um, pieces of advice that I can I can tell someone. And then the other one um, is a bit um, more uh, personal, but um, I think it's more be kind to yourself and have this idea of delayed gratification. You know, we are, and I'm victim to this as well, we are in an age where we want things now, and you know, we have to get them now because technology is available because that is how, you know, we have grown up in uh, this um, the society and worldwide. But I think it does, doesn't happen for everyone. You cannot become a millionaire, you know, in five months. Some people might be able to do it, other people might not be able to do it. So I think, you know, you need to be kind to yourself and understand that the work that I'm doing is going to get me some. I am not looking at um, getting the thing that I want to get right now, you know, and having this delayed gratification and understanding that it is going to come allows you to enjoy the work that you're doing now. And even if you get a few things there, you need to understand that even the little things that you're doing are still impacting a handful of people. And that is still, you know, in and itself a great thing. And I'll give you the example of the young man. The young guy, um, the concept started in 2020. The first video was released in 2020, December. But we did not do anything for the entire 2021 because we were just looking for help to do this thing. And then in 2020, when we started, we did not get to the levels that we thought we were going to get, you know, but we kept going. You know, that's the consistency. We understood that, okay, this thing, has not happened. We wanted it to happen in the first season. We're not got the views that we would like to have got, but we understand that this is a process. We understand that we are creating a generational thing, not um, a once in a lifetime thing. So that is, that is, those are my two things that I really want to give the youth in Africa and just generally, you know, across the world, that you know, be consistent, be kind to yourself, and embrace really gratification. And one simple last question about that. Um, how do you think the yeah. youth can reach their potential? That's a very good question. And I'm going to tell you the answer to that is put yourself out there in whatever capacity that you can. My story with the young guy is not a very nice one because um, it has been, you can imagine failing for 12 months. <laughs> what, what that does to your character and what that does to you as a person, you know? It changes one the way you look at life, not no, sorry, not life, but the way you look at the world, but it also changes the way you perceive things in the way that they're meant to be done. And I think the only way that that can happen is if you put yourself out there and do not be afraid to fail, because failure is gonna come in all its different forms. But that failure actually does teach you, you know. And the prime example of that, that 
failure that you experience does teach you and you become wiser you know because you now understand that okay i approached this like this the last time this time this is how i'm going to approach it and because of that i might be in a higher um, likelihood or probability to get this thing done but you cannot be in that position if you have not tried and if you have not failed so i just want to say you know you can get yourself out there you can knock on those doors if you can embrace faith and allow yourself to know that this is a learning process we are not going to get it tomorrow but we will get it and if we have that persona and we have that thinking we can really achieve that is a good question it also <laughs> brings back many memories of uh, <laughs> how i yeah. also want to think here and now here and now but humbling experiences teach you and um, that's the only yeah. The reason why I'm so curious about that part is um, you are someone who's doing amazing stuff and about the youth, quite a very young age, you know. The country where we come from, Uganda, has the youngest people under 30. So, you know, there's that dynamic. We have a young, bad population, but how can we make sure that they reach the the society out of yeah, poverty. That's true. And and um, just to just to point at that, you know, <clears throat> there is a certain bitterness that you know as Ugandans we have, not only towards each other, but towards um, those in the authority, you know, and those in um, in uh, in the offices of influence, you know, the companies that have great financial backing, and. I was in that position as well, where you know you feel like these companies are not really interested in helping. You know, it's only for them and how they want to do their things. And I know there are many Ugandans that, you know, and peers as well that are in the same position because they have just not been able to get get that deal that they want to, to be able to knock this door and ask for this. But in order for us to get out of poverty, we need to change the way we see things. And I think for me, that was critical because, you know, as you go through these things, you begin to sort of resent wanting to be in Uganda and wanting to do the things that you're doing for Uganda because people are just not supporting. But um, wise person told me that if you change the way you look at things and you focus more on the actual impact that you're doing, it will have more of a you will no longer be doing it for personal extravagance or you know, if you want to get this and this done, but to really have the impact. And that can only happen if we change the way we think about these different organizations, these companies, these people in authority, and remove that bitterness that we have towards each other and really work together, come together, <clears throat> try to make the difference that we wish to see. Wow. Um, so my last question will be to you is, um... What makes Mr. Darren Harry Bain a proud Ugandan? You know, currently you're in Canada, but what makes you really proud to be Ugandan? What makes me proud to be Ugandan? <clears throat> I think it's um, the culture. You know, um, African countries, we have deeply rooted heritages and um, cultures, and that is something that um, for me, I'm proud of because it helps 
shape my identity. And without that, you know, without an identity, I'll just be a lost sheep in you know these great countries. But because I know who I am, and me knowing who I am has been supported by the great culture that um, Uganda has given me, instilled in me, I am proud to be able to say that I am from Uganda. I know I have an identity and roots that I can trace back to and understand how I do the things that I do and why I do. Hope um, that answers that question. Yeah, it does. Uh, thank you for coming, and we're very happy to have you on our podcast. Thank you for um, inviting me to be part of this um, podcast. I hope that um, I have, in one way or another, contributed to you know, the vision of the Sangin podcast, but also for the audience listening. I hope that there's something that you've taken away and um, something that you can apply in your life and uh, how you're able to do the things that you do. So thank you again. Thank you, podcast. Thank you to the amazing host, Mr. JP. It's a pleasure.